I am just excited about, I, I just love the word anyway. You know, I just think the word of God brings life. And, you know, it's all about the word. You know, everything we do, it's, it's surrounds, it's all culminates around the word of God. And so this morning, I want you to sit back and relax. And uh, no pun intended, don't you worry about a thing. Uh, this morning, we're going to be talking about the old subject of worry. Uh, is anybody in here got some things they're concerned about today? Is anybody overly concerned about some things today? We're going to dig into this thing today called worry. And after the day is gone, you will not enter, I believe, by faith. You will not walk in worry again, but you will walk in faith because I believe that the enemy to faith is worry. The enemy wants to get you all jacked up in the spirit so that you cannot give God the glory that is due his name. But we're going to deal with that today. How many know that God is able? Uh, so why don't we open with a word of prayer as we prepare to receive the word of the Lord. And uh, while we're praying, why don't you go ahead and turn to Matthew chapter number 6. Uh, we're going to begin reading in verse number 25 to 33. Uh, Matthew chapter number 6, verses 30, 25 through 33. Father, we thank you for your word today. Your word, Father God, crushes stuff. <laughs> Your word, Father God, there's power, there's healing, there's deliverance, Lord, in the word of God. Father, we thank you for your word this morning. It brings life. Father God, we can't live without your word. God, every day we got to get up. Lord, there got to be a word, Lord God, coming from the throne of God. For you declared in your word that men should not live or shall not live by bread alone but by every word that proceeds from the mouth of God. Father God, we thank you for your word. And Father, with the spirit and of anticipation, we thank you, we praise you, we glorify you, Lord God, from the fruitfulness that is going to come from the word being spoken this morning by faith. In Jesus' name we pray. Amen. Verse 25, Matthew chapter 6. Therefore I say to you, do not worry. All right? I want you to hear that. Do not worry about your life, what you will eat or what you will drink, nor about your body, what you will put on. Is not life more than food and the body more than clothing? Look at the birds of the air, for they neither sow nor reap nor gather into barns, and yet your heavenly Father feeds them. Are you not of more value than they? Which of you, by worrying, can add one cubic to his stature? So why do you worry about clothing? Consider the lilies of the field, how they grow. They neither toil nor spin. And yet I say to you that even Solomon, in all of his glory. And if you don't understand what Solomon's glory was like, you need to go to the book of Kings to understand the, the magnificent glory that Solomon, that portrayed Solomon. And yet I say to you, verse 29, that even Solomon in all his glory is not arrayed like one of these. Now, if God so clothes the grass of the field, which today is and tomorrow is thrown into the oven. Hmm. 
Will he not much more clothe you, O you of little faith? <laughs> Therefore, do not worry. There's a go, there it go again. I want you to hear that. Do not worry. Saying, what shall we eat, or what shall we drink, or what shall we wear? For all these things the Gentiles seek, for your heavenly Father knows, he knows, he knows that you have need of these things. But seek first the kingdom and his righteousness, and then all these things shall be added unto you. A couple years ago, I took a flight, and I was uh, sharing with a brother the other night who was eating dinner. I had uh, taken a flight to Colorado, flight to Colorado was nice, but coming back was a little bit challenging. I was sitting there by the window because part of me liked to fly and another part of me don't like to fly. But I'm sitting there by the window and I got my word. I got the word of God out and I'm reading. Of course, all of my colleagues are sitting across the aisle and they know that I'm a pastor and they know I read the word of God. So I'm sitting there, I'm reading a Bible. But then all of a sudden, out of nowhere, there came some turbulence. And so, but not only was the turbulence the issue, because when you fly, you know, turbulence is one aspect of it. But I recall, this is the only time I've seen it, that as we're flying in the air, the flashes of lightning, because we was going through a storm. And so I was sitting over by where the wing is on the plane. And all of a sudden, I saw this flash of lightning right by the wing of the plane. And at the same time, the turbulence struck. We entered the storm, and the plane went, woof. I mean, it took a deep dip. And, and, you know, and I'm sitting here with my sanctified, holy self, filled with the Holy Ghost. You know what I did? I closed my Bible. Now, I wish that I could sit up here and tell you that I was praying. I was praising God about the turbulence, and I wasn't in any worry, and I wasn't concerned about a thing. But let me tell you something. This brother was concerned. Now, did I start praying? I don't know what I did. All the thing I know is I just wanted that plane to hurry up and get on the ground because the rest of the way, that thing was up and down. And I'm sitting, and, and, and I realized when I got off the plane, the whole flight, I was miserable. But why was I miserable? I was miserable because I had let worry take over my mind. I was more concerned about what might happen instead of sitting there and letting the peace of God rule and govern my heart. Some of us are like that if we're really honest in life. You know, we have a little turbulence, right? How do we respond when we have turbulence in our lives? Some of us freak out. Don't do like your pastor did. <laughs> you know, some of you, 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 you freak out and you wonder yourself, oh, you know, God, uh, What's happening? This is not supposed to happen to me. Why am I having this turbulence? And that's why the Bible says, think it not strange concerning the fiery trial that has come upon you for your testing. But how I many know we do think it's strange? Because one of the first things that happens when, when, when things happen to us, one of the first things we say is, why me? I mean, after all, I go to church every Sunday. I, I read the word. I, you know, I'm I love the Lord. I, I worship God. God, why do I, why, why me? Why do I have to go through this? What is it about me, God? Why me? We ask that question sometimes. Even though we know the scripture, Jesus clearly said, how many know Jesus did not promise a bed of roses? Jesus said, in this world, you will have trouble. But for some reason, that don't register with us. 
It's something about that that we think somehow we won't say it, but we, we, we kind of think that that's for those people over there, but it's not for me. <laughs> because I can tell you why, why I say that, because when we do have trouble, we act like, oh, my God, sometimes the world is going to end. And how many know there's so much to be concerned about today? I mean, they're talking about the economy tanking and, and you know, and people having money problems. They can't find jobs. They're struggling here. And everybody, and if you listen to some of the news, why you can't watch a whole lot of that stuff, I'm telling you, it's just pulling you down. It's all designed to get you like that. What am I going to do? See? Because here's what happened. How many know when you worry, you can't worship? You can't worship God and worry at the same time. One got to go. And when you're in the state of worry and you're full, you're filled with fear and doubt and unbelief, you ain't hearing from God. You're operating out of your flesh and out of your fear. But God wanted to get us to a place where we're not worried. How many know the worry is a sin? You ever think of it that way? Now watch this. We call everything. We know, oh, but we know when somebody slanders somebody, we say, oh, that's sin. Somebody commit adultery, unfaithfulness, oh, yeah, that, that's sin. Somebody kill, oh, yeah, that's sin. Somebody rob, yeah, of course, we, we got to deal with that. But, boy, somehow we give each other a little leeway when it comes to worry. But how many know that every time Jesus says in the word of God, do not do something, and if we do what he said don't do, it is what? Sin. Sin. So the Bible clearly says here, do not worry. Is that not what he just said? I just read. He said, do not, which means, watch this, which means that you have the choice of whether or not you're going to worry about something or if you're going to give it over to God. Listen to this. I want to, here's some statistics I was reading on this subject of worry. This was the National Institute of Health, and they printed this in 2005, so it's a few years old. I want you to hear the staggering numbers about worry and anxiety. Listen to this. 6.8 million Americans have generalized anxiety disorder. Approximately, watch this, 40 million Americans suffer from all anxiety disorders combined. Approximately 6 million American adults ages 18 and older have panic disorder. Approximately, listen to these numbers, 15 million American adults age 18 and over have social phobias. Approximately 19.2 million American adults age 18 and over have some type of specific phobia. In other words, folks, worry is a problem. And I've discovered when walking with Jesus, that whenever we don't do what he says, there's always a consequence because worry is dangerous. Because it's dangerous for a number of reasons. Number one, statistically, it's not healthy. How many people you know that are sick? I, you know, look at it this way. People who have a tendency to worry, for an example, they'll look to other things in order to help compensate what they're worried about. In other words, I want to forget about my problem, so what, I'm, I'm going to go get me some drugs. So people turn to drugs. Or you know what? I'm going to get drunk because I don't want to have to think about this. And here comes what? Addictions. But it's all stemming from what? Worry. 
Now, I know that there are some of some of those rare cases that people really have extreme mental problems that can contribute to, you know, anxiety and all of those things. I'm not a medical doctor, but I will tell you that the vast majority of people have problems in the area of phobias and fear and doubt and worry because they allow themselves to worry. They allow themselves to enter in to seasons of worry. And whenever you flirt with worry, you are flirting with something that will ruin your life. I remember as a school resource officer many years ago, and I used to see these kids at 12 and 13 and 14 years old coming inside the school, and they would give them bags of pills because they said, well, they ADHD or they won't stay still. And so we got to, we're just going to, you know, my ADHD was a belt. And that worked perfectly well for me coming up. When I was talking, when I kept moving around, and my, if my teacher had to call my dad, we didn't get, listen, there weren't no pills involved in that. The pill was long and black. And it was the same pill he gave me every single time. <clears throat> and I learned how to sit my butt down because I didn't want to experience that. But what happened? People get in all these drugs and medication, then they develop phobias and they become paranoid and have all kinds of issues. Why? Because they're worried about stuff. And that which is supposed to help them is actually hurting them. That's why Jesus says, do not worry. He said, why are you, what's your problem? I've told you, I've given you my word. I've told you what's going to happen in this life. I told you that you're going to have problems. I told you that you're going to have to wrestle with some stuff. Why are you worried about what's happening in your life? That situation that you're dealing with, God is saying, I see that, I understand that, and I'm going to deal with that. See, part of the issue that we have is that we have to trust God, don't we? And we can come in and say the words all we want to, but it's a whole different story when you have to get on the field of life, when you really have to trust God, when you have to take God at his word. When God says something, okay, I'm going to do what God says. How many know that takes faith? That takes coming to a place where I say, you know what, I just got to pursue it. I just got to go for it. And so I'm going to share with you, we're going to read this morning, a story about how Jesus dealt with worry. Now, when you say the word Jesus and worry, how many know it doesn't jive, does it? Jesus, worry. It's like two extreme opposite ends of the spectrum. Because how many know if anybody had anything to worry about, it would have been Jesus? Come on. I mean, his life was hanging in the balance all the time. There were people that were trying to kill him all the time. There were governments against him. He had enemies everywhere that he went. And he's up there talking about my peace. I give to you. Not as the world give my peace. My peace the world can't take away. It's not predicated upon circumstances and situations. The peace I'm going to give you supersedes all of that. So Jesus walked in a perpetual state of peace. He never worried about a thing. All he cared about was getting in the presence of God. That's all he cared about. Hint, hint. So turn with me to Mark chapter number four. We're going to dissect this a little bit. Mark chapter number four, talking about Jesus and worry. Look at this. Mark chapter number four, we're going to read verse 35 through 41, just a few verses there. Verse number 35. 
On the same day, when evening had come, he said to them, let us cross over to the other side. Now, I want you to get that in your spirit. Let us cross over to the other side. Now, when they had left the multitude, they took him along in the boat as he was. And other little boats were also with him. And a great windstorm arose, and the waves beat into the boat so that it was already filling. But he was in the stern asleep on a pillow. <laughs> and they awoke him and said to him, Teacher, do you not care that we are perishing? Then he arose and he rebuked the winds and said to the sea, Peace, be still. And the wind ceased and there was a great calm. But he said to them, Why are you so fearful? And how is it that you have no faith? Jesus was perplexed. He's, what, how is it? After everything that we've been through together, after you've seen the miracle, you, you, how is it that you have no faith? And they feared exceedingly and said to one another, who can this be that even the wind and the sea obey him? Hallelujah. Now, let's, let's dissect this a little bit. The first thing that Jesus says is, let us go over to the other side. Now, take note, take note of what Jesus did not say. He did not say, let us try to get over to the other side. He did not say, well, folks, we're going to, let's see. I'm not really sure, but maybe we'll make it over to the other side. Let's go give it a try. You know, I'm not really sure if, uh, how the weather is going to be. I, I don't know, uh, you know, God, but let's, everybody hop in the boat. Let's see what happens. Jesus didn't say anything like that, did he? What did he say? Let us cross over to the other side. Now, how many know that we have to learn as a people of God to take God at his word? That when God says you're going to get over to the other side, you're going to get over to the other side. Now, here's a problem we have between where we are now and the other side of where we're going. There's some there's stuff in between that bugs us. You know, the stuff that he don't talk about, the turbulence. All the different things that he doesn't say anything about. He just said, look, you're going to get over to the other side. And for some reason, we've kind of fixated in my mind. Well, if, if, if God is in us, right, if God is in it and if God is calling me to do it, then, it, you know, it'll be relatively easy. I, I, sh I should just be able to sail right on through. But I mean, know that oftentimes when God is in something, it's hard. Did y'all hear that? That's profound. Oftentimes, when God is in something, it is very, very difficult. You remember Jesus said to the disciples, he said, he said to all these people that was following him for all kind of reasons, he says, and I laugh every time I read this. I mean, I just break out laughing. Jesus said, okay, drink my blood and eat my flesh. And I'm like, okay, Jesus, do you want to qualify that? You know he didn't qualify it. Now, he qualified it later to his disciples, the 12, but all the people that was following him, he said, drink my blood and eat my flesh. Now, I don't know about you, but I might have looked at him like, what is this? What am I? What, is this a cult? 
And Jesus was weeding out because he wanted people to understand that he knew because he knew what is in the heart of man. See, Jesus, you don't need to tell. He already knows what's in there. And so a lot of times, he's, he's, he's weeding out some stuff. He's letting you know that, hey, this is going to be hard. All of y'all that's following me, some of y'all that's following me because you just want to get something to eat. You, don't, you, you, don't, you haven't caught my vision. You don't understand where I'm going with this thing. And so he just let them wander off because discipleship costs you something. And if Jesus says to you, we're going to go over to the other side, well, what about all these problems I'm having? okay. But did he not say you're going over to the other side? So why are you doubting him? Did he not say that he will supply your need according to his riches and glory? You know, God says to us, okay, I want you to give. Sister Diver gave us an exhortation this morning about giving. And you know in your heart that God said you ought to give it. And you're sitting there, you think to yourself, oh, 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 but I, I, if I do that, then, 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 then I'm not going to have this. Huh? And, and I'm going to have to give up this. And I'm going to have to give. And, and, and God says, give, and it will be given to you. Press down, shaking over, running together. God will cause men to give under your bosom. Give. Well, 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 here's what happened. The worry kicks in. Well, if I do that, then I'm not going to be able to do this, and I'm not going to do this, and I'm not going to have this, I'm not going to have that, and here's what happened. We withdraw. And we forget all about what God says about giving. You follow what I'm saying? So we pick and choose. Oh, okay, no, 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 no. Because we got to learn how to take God at his word. You, you see, that's what God is taking us. God wants us to be a people that says, look, when I give my people commands, I just want them to believe me. The Bible says that without faith, it's impossible to believe God. So there comes a point in time, as the people of God, that God's going to put you to the test. He's, you really believe that? Do you really believe that word? Okay, do this. I want you to forgive that person that has offended you for years that you refuse to call and you refuse to, you, you refuse to forgive. I want you to call them. I want you to love them. Well, you don't know what he did to me. God, no way. No way. I ain't going to do it. Nope, 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 nope. Not taking him at his word. See? We have to learn how, we have to learn not to worry and know that God got our backs. I like this story because it said in verse 37, a great windstorm arose. A great windstorm arose. In Matthew's gospel, he says it in Matthew chapter 8, suddenly a great tempest or windstorm arose. There's something about that word suddenly. Suddenly. Suddenly they're in the boat. And all of a sudden, a storm comes out of nowhere. How I many you know what I'm talking about? Everything is going calm in your life. Everything is well and good. You're thinking, I got my breakthrough. I'm blessed. And all of a sudden, out of nowhere, you get diagnosed with cancer. Suddenly, a life-threatening illness. Suddenly, my child went wayward. Suddenly, my husband, my, my wife walked out on me. Suddenly, I lost my job. I have all kind of problems. Suddenly, out of nowhere, I find myself in a situation that I did not anticipate. See, suddenly says, it, it, it gives the connotation that something that is unexpected. I didn't see it coming. Totally unexpected. And usually, this kind of suddenly usually come out of calm situations. When everything is going well, suddenly a storm comes. I remember as a little kid playing outdoors and 
You know, it'll be sunny one moment, and the next moment, you know, the storm clouds come. And before you know it, when it's all over, you have hailstorm with a broke windows, trees down, all kind of stuff happen. Why? Because suddenly, suddenly, storms come. How I many know you keep living, you're going to have to deal with your suddenly? Everybody in here going to have to deal with suddenlies. See, as we embrace the reality of the fact that suddenlies is a part of life. That's why the Bible says, don't think it's strange. Suddenly, out of nowhere, a storm arose. But there's a problem. (laughs) Jesus is kind of sitting there asleep. See, there are two kinds of suddenlies. The one suddenly is, you know, when these traumatic things happen, they just come to rob us of our peace and our joy, and we're having to deal with it. But then there's another kind of suddenly when God just kind of shows up and brings you a mighty deliverance. How many of you know what I'm talking about? One of the things I've discovered about God is God is a sudden God. All of a sudden, you can be going through a difficult trial. You can be believing God, hoping for something. Things could be dry and just not moving forward. And all of a sudden, out of nowhere, God just shows up. Just like the enemy just tries to show up suddenly and he tries to wreck your life, God shows up suddenly to bring you out. See, that's why you got to be a person that's standing in faith. Look at Acts chapter 16, I believe. Acts chapter 16. What are you talking about, Pastor? It's kind of suddenly. Watch this. I want you to keep that in mind. Suddenly. Suddenly. Somebody say suddenly. Suddenly. Watch this. Acts chapter 16. Look at this. Verse number 25. Watch this now. But at midnight, (laughs) Paul and Silas were praying and singing hymns to God. And the prisoners were listening to them. (laughs) Oh, glory. Look at verse 26. Suddenly, everybody say suddenly. Suddenly. There was a great earthquake so that the foundation of the prisons were shaken and immediately all the doors were open and everyone's chains were loose. Look at that. Suddenly. Now, here it is. Now, Paul and Silas could have been in jail. They could have been worried. I mean, you know. Lord, I'm in jail. How long am I going to be in here? Am I going to be able to get a bond? Am I going to, I mean, are they going to kill me? I, I don't know what's going to happen. You know, uh, uh, there are people out there, what's going to happen to my friends and family, the churches, our planet. I mean, Lord, I mean, Lord, he could have just been overwhelmed with worry. But what was he doing at midnight? Most people are supposed to be asleep at midnight. I hope you were asleep at midnight last night because you lost an hour. So you hurting if you didn't get to bed right. But at midnight, at midnight. When they're supposed to be, you know, asleep, they're doing what? Worshiping and praising God, giving glory to God. And as they're giving glory to God, the Bible says suddenly, out of nowhere, the prison doors were shaken and everybody's chains fell off. You know, one of the things that happens when you find yourself having to deal with the spirit of worry, just begin to worship and praise God. Replace worry with worship. W and W. Worry, worship. Worry, worship. 
Because here's what happened. And here's what this story tells me. That, that when you and I begin to, to worship God, when we're going through, when we're having a moment of time, we're being, we're being tempted to be concerned and, and worried about all of this stuff that's coming upon us as we begin to worship God and praise God, suddenly the chains will begin to fall off. Because you, like I said before, you can't worry and worship God at the same time. One got to go. I will hope you would choose worship like the apostle Paul did. Suddenly, you remember talking about that word suddenly. The angels informed the shepherds of the birth of Jesus. Remember the shepherds were in the field worshiping uh, or they were just doing their daily routine and all of a sudden the angels showed up suddenly and said, the Christ child has been born suddenly. Suddenly, while the disciples were in the upper room, a violent noise and a mighty rushing wind came from heaven and filled the whole room, and they were filled with the Holy Ghost. Suddenly. How many of you waiting for your suddenly moment? <laughs> you waiting. I mean, I live every day. I'm thinking at any moment, you know, and I got a few things that I'm praying about. Some of you who know me closely know what I'm believing God for. But I look up every day, and I'm thinking to myself, and sometimes, but sometimes I'm tempted to worry. And I just think, I said, well, you know what? But I, I, I worship. And I said, you know what, Lord? There's a suddenly moment that's about to happen for me. There's a suddenly moment. So, and here's the thing. You better be ready when it happens. Because you can be so heavy laden with worry, doubt, and unbelief that when God comes and show up, you can miss him. You know, worry, if you get worried so much, people that worry, they, they can't praise. And when, and when you're over, when you're over uh, laden with, with, with worry, you can't hear from God. And so God can be showing you stuff, revealing things to you. But because you're so worried, you, you miss her suddenly. Because you're worried and concerned about what is and what's not and how it's going to turn out. That God shows up and you totally missed it. I don't want to miss my suddenly. Some of you are believing God for some stuff, and I'm believing God with you that suddenly there's going to be a breakthrough. Yes. Suddenly, somebody's going to get saved that you've been believing for salvation. Suddenly, a breakthrough is going to happen at any moment and at any time. Here's what I want you to do. Be ready. Yes. Just be ready when it happens because it shall happen. Yes. Somebody say suddenly. Yes, suddenly. It will happen. Something about suddenly. So now we find Jesus. We find Jesus here in Mark chapter number five. I say I think I think Mark chapter number four. We're reading in. Now now listen to this. Watch there. Jesus finds himself in the boat. He's asleep. But watch this. Water is in the boat. Now, I'm not a fisherman. I'm not one that absolutely is crazy about water. I just, because I, I can't swim, okay? That's a confession. So, uh, you know, other than baptizing people and dunking your head in the water, that's about it for me. I'll baptize you, but that's about it. Then I'm getting up out of there. My kids will tell you that. They tease me all the time. But, you know, when water is in the boat, they tell me that that's not a good sign. <laughs> Uh, you got water in the boat. You got some problems. So here Jesus, he's asleep. 
Water is in the boat. Now, can you imagine what the disciples are doing at this point? I imagine, boy, they got some pails, and they're trying to get this water out. Everybody is panicking because not only that is the water in the boat. I mean, there's a storm, and stuff is shifting and shit. You know, and those boats won't like the, the Titanic or the, that went down. They weren't supposed to go down, but it, it's not like these big boats that we see today. These are like little, little rowboats kind of boat. And they, you know, and this thing is just going and going, and, and the disciples were panicking. Water in the boat, water in the boat, we're going down. Can I suggest something to you? You keep living for God, you're going to get water in your boat at times. Are you with me? I'm here to tell you, you are going to get water in your boat from time to time. But when the water gets in your boat, don't go crazy. Because did not God tell you you're going to make it? Did he not tell you that you were going to get over to the other side? So just because you got a little water in the boat don't mean anything is over. But people, it's amazing. People get a little water in the boat, and they start to panic. And when you start to panic, you start making irrational decisions. You're not walking by faith, but you're walking by fear because worry now has become your master. And when worry becomes your master, you make decisions out of the flesh, not being guided by the Holy Spirit because you got water in the boat, and you don't know how to handle it. And you're thinking to yourself, I'm going down, I'm going down, I'm going down. Lord, 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 help me. Water in my boat. Water in the boat, I'm sure that some people were doing a lot of screaming and yelling, right? Now, I want you to think about this for a moment. Usually when you take a nap, if you're anything like me, and I like to tease my wife, my wife can take a nap any place, anytime. If I'm going to take a nap, I don't need a pillow, right? Usually when you take a nap, you lay your head wherever you can get it. You might lay it on the couch for a second. You might be in the car you know, riding in the passenger seat and you take a nap. Hopefully you're not doing that when you drive. Um, but, you know, when, when you get a pillow, if somebody come with a pillow, they mean some serious business. They ain't going to take a nap. <laughs> They're not going to take Jesus is asleep on a pillow knowing that he got to get over to the other side. All this ruckus is going on in the ship, and Jesus is over there, and he won't faking it. You know why he won't faking it? Because they had to wake him up. In other words, if they hadn't woke him up, Jesus would have probably still been asleep. Even today, he still might be asleep. That's a slight exaggeration there, but you know, you get the point. But Jesus is laying there asleep. And they're just, and, and then, then look, they get, they get offended at them. They're like looking at them because it's like everybody's just all in an uproar and everybody's moving around. They're trying to figure out how to keep this boat. And they look at Jesus. And they look at him and they say, and I like, I like the King James Version that says, King James Version says, carest thou not. They look at him and say, don't you care? Don't you care that we're perishing? Jesus, I mean, how can you sit there? You're supposed to be the son of God. That's what you told us. You're supposed to have all power in your hand. Isn't that not what you told us? I mean, you are the one that's been doing all these miracles, right? Then why, is, why are you lying there asleep when this boat is about to tip over? 
Don't you care, Lord, that I have a financial problem and I can't pay my bills? Don't you care, Lord, that I've been suffering with this illness, with this sickness for a long time? Don't you care, God, that my enemies have been talking about me? They've been slandering me. Don't you care, God, what I've been going through? Don't you understand, Lord, that I've been going to school for four years and I can't get a job? Don't you care, Lord? Where are you? Carest thou not what I'm going through? Now, I mean, I mean, no, you've been there. You've done that. You've thought to yourself, God, I... And the devil comes and says, you know what the devil says? If he really cared, he would have done something by now. Obviously, he don't care much about you. And then sometimes you start, yeah, it's been two years. It's been a week. It's been a long time. And, and nothing, my situation haven't changed. It's almost like Jesus is asleep on my problem. And it seemed like I've been praying. I've been fasting. I've been going to church. I've been reading my Bible. I've been taking the pastor's advice. I've been doing all this stuff, and I am still, I still got water in my boat, and I'm panicking, and Jesus is asleep on my problem. <laughs> did, did I strike home just a little bit? See, he's asleep. You see a pattern develop with God. You know, Jesus, watch this now. This is deep. Because Jesus says, you want to see the Father, look at me. See, remember he told the disciples, you want to know who God is? Check me out. Watch me. Jesus reveals the character of God. You see a pattern? Now, Jesus right on the boat. You think that he would have just, you know, like real quick, kind of jumped up and not even let that happen. Uh, he's the son of God. I mean, he could have had it so that no storm could have come, right? No storm, right? That'd be, that'd be even better, God. Let my life be a bed of roses. Uh, can I suggest something to you? Uh, I think that would be quite boring. Think about it. If God answered every one of your prayers and you never had to go through a problem, ever, think about how boring that would be. But it's something special about that you've been dreaming, you've been sweating, and you've been praying, you've been seeking God, and God pulls you out of some difficult stuff. When God lifts you out of situations and circumstances that, that you've been struggling with for years, there's something about having to believe God to provide for you. There's something about that when you've been struggling, when you've been having all kind of problems with people, that God shows up and delivers you. You never, if you never had a problem, you never know God could solve it. It's something about when God just shows up and brings about a mighty deliverance in your life. I, I don't know about you, but I, that, that, that's, that's that roller coaster of faith whereby God just kind of, it's a pattern because he does the same thing Jesus was doing. He does it today. You're in the boat. You got water in your boat. And sometimes God, you think, and I think, Where is he? How come he ain't moving quick? I mean, fast. He could. Well, Pastor, what do you mean? Why do you, how do you know that Jesus could have just did something about it? Because he, he woke up. And he woke up. And then immediately he says, peace, 
be still. The Bible didn't say after about 20, 30 minutes. <laughs> now, listen to me. Even, <laughs> even when a storm comes, after a while, when the water settles, it don't just settle immediately, right? It has to be some time before things kind of settle down, even when the storm goes away. The Bible says immediately there was a great calm, such a calm that they got scared. So, whoa, who is this that we got up in this boat that even the wind and the sea obey him? <laughs> it was as if Jesus said this. It was as if Jesus says, don't you ever aim your life doubt me and my power and my authority ever again. You remember Job? Job, oh Lord, I look high, I look low. You ain't talking to me, God. Where are you? And God says, Job, stand up like a man. Answer me. Where were you when I hung the stars in the sky? Where were you when I created the oceans and I set their boundaries and I said, don't go no further? Where were you, Job? God was basically saying the same thing to the, to the disciples. Hush, be still. Don't you ever doubt my power and my authority again just because you got a little bit of water in your boat? Well, I know there's water in the boat. I can see the water. I created it. Come on. That's good preaching. Even y'all, that's some good preaching there. Water in the boat, water in the boat. And, 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 and Jesus, Jesus could have fixed it. I mean, he, he could just come right now and if he wanted to. He could just show up right now and wipe. You'll have not one bill to pay. Your house could be paid for. All your cars paid for, right? Lord, please, please, please. <laughs> I mean, he could, you could just be in perfect health. I mean, everything, he could do it if he chose. But why won't he? He could. We, because he, he stood up and he said, peace be still. And everything shut down. So we know what he's capable of doing. We, we, we read about his power. Well, God, why won't you? Why won't you, God, just get me out of this mess? Why won't you take me out of this misery I am? Hey, God, you can make it a whole lot easier for me, can't you? You know what he was trying to teach them and he was teaching us today? that part of living in this world that has been separated from God, you are going to have to trust me. There is purpose in everything that happens, and sometimes you cannot see the purpose by which it's happening. But here's what I understand I knew about God. Everything God does is for purpose. You understand that? There are no wasted moments in God. God doesn't waste a second. God doesn't waste a moment. So if you're experiencing something right now and it's difficult or you're worried about something right now, you don't understand how this thing is going to shape up. You don't understand how you're going to get out. You got a little bit of water in your boat. Just take a, take a chill and just relax. And don't allow yourself to get all worried about something because here's what Jesus was saying to them. You're always going to have to deal with storms in your life. Every believer, how many know the Bible says it rains on the just and or the unjust? Good, get them. But not the just. 
But the Bible says it rained on the just and unjust. Jesus said, in this world, you will have tribulation. But be of good cheer, for I have overcome. So here's what God is saying. Part of my plan and what I'm doing in your life is to, is to put a little water in your boat. That's all part of my plan. I knew before. Listen, he's God. I knew before you got in the boat that you were going to have some turbulence along the way. I knew before you even got in this situation. In fact, I knew before I saved you what kind of person you are. I knew what you were going to be going through. And yet I still saved. I still called you. I still bless you in spite of you because of my faithfulness and because it's all a part of the master's plan. See, somebody ought to be getting excited right about now, but why? Because you mean to tell me, Pastor, that what I'm going through, what I'm concerned about, God already saw that, yeah? See, he predetermined before he got in the boat Jesus wasn't going to be worried about no little water getting in his boat. And he's saying to you today, what are you worried about? It's like he got up and said to the disciples, here's the other part. He said to them, "Um, where's your faith? You go to church every Sunday. You say you believe me. You come in here and you you sing a couple songs. Why don't you believe me now? Just because you got a little water in your boat. What's the problem? I mean, think about it. All the time that I brought you out. I brought you all of all the, and you're still here today. You're still looking fine. You're still doing well. Why are you worried now? In closing, Luke chapter 10. Luke chapter 10, I'm sorry. Luke chapter number 10, look at this. Luke chapter 10. Y'all know this story, right, of Mary and Martha. (laughs) I love this story. Mary and Martha, Lord Jesus. Luke chapter 10. Somebody say water in the boat. But it's going to be all right. There you go. Look at this. I went way ahead of my notes. You know, I think I even lost some stuff, but I think y'all get the drift. Verse 38. Through 42. Look at this. Now it happened as they went that he entered a certain village and a certain woman named Martha welcomed him into her house. Now I want you to hear this. Who welcomed him into his house, into her house? Martha, right? Now watch this. Now don't do this to me if you want. If you ask me to come in your house, don't do this to me, please. All right? If you want me to come in your house, you better sit down and talk to me. Now don't have me come over. I mean, no, it's rude to have people come over to your house and you work the whole time. Do your work before I get there. Fry your fish before I get there. Hallelujah. (laughs) And your ribs and your chicken. (laughs) Now, it happened as they went that he entered a certain village and a certain woman named Martha welcomed him into her house. Watch this. And she had a sister called Mary who also sat at Jesus' feet and heard his word. But Martha was distracted (laughs) with much serving. And she approached him and said, Lord, watch this. Do you not what? Care 
Boy, did that sound familiar? <laughs> that my sister had left me to serve all by myself. Tell her to help me. <laughs> and Jesus answered and said to her, can you, you can see the passion in his eyes, right? You can see it. You can see the love that he looks at her. I can imagine Martha, Martha. Oh, Martha, 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 Martha. You are worried and troubled about a lot of things. I like to paraphrase. Girl, you got a lot of issues. But one thing is needed, and Mary has chosen that good part, which will not be taken away from her. Mary has chosen that good part. You see, now I've heard, I've seen people try to take this scripture to show. <laughs> it's amazing how people read in this stuff what they want. But they've, I've seen people take this scripture verse to try to show, see, God don't want you doing no work. Jesus wasn't really rebuking her because of the fact that she was serving. If you read between the lines, Jesus knew she had a deeper issue. She worried too much. She was overly concerned with stuff. So concerned that she invites him over, and the whole time she's, Clean and sweeping. And then she's just looking at Mary. And Jesus is the guest. Hey, can you tell her to get up and help me? What's up with that? What was Mary doing? Sitting at his feet, worshiping. You remember I told you? Worship and worry. You can't worship God and worry at the same time. One got to go. You start get feeling that thing of worry come on you, just start worshiping. Find your favorite CD, get your iPod, whatever you like to use, put it on your music, and just go to praising God, and I guarantee you worry will leave. You don't have to get Coke. You don't have to get Wild Irish Rose. That's what my father used to drink many years ago. You don't have to get nothing but the word and, and, and just begin to worship. And Mary, you can see the, you can see the distinction. Mary is sitting at his feet. She's at peace. She's listening to Jesus. She's worshiping. Martha is overly distracted. And, and don't you sit here and tell me and act like you're super religious, like you never get overly distracted and get so busy. That's one of the things we do at the church. We say, you know, we have prayer here on Sunday morning. One of the things we say is at 930, everything stops. We pray. Don't care what you got to do. We pray. Because we know what's most important. We need to be at his feet. We need to be worshiping because if we don't, we'll try to do this thing in our flesh. You'll try to do, make decisions out of your own will and I mean, no, that's a recipe for disaster. But I want to be like Mary. I want to be sitting there and I just want, I want a stress-free life. I just want to be there rejoicing and thanking God because Martha is a good sister. She's a hard worker. How many know we need hard workers in the kingdom? But the motivation for your working should not be because I'm, I'm worried. I'm just, I just can't sit, even if I tried. I can't worship God even if I tried. I'm so distracted. You ever know people like that? They're just so worried, filled with anxiety. They can't even focus on, can't even think about, oh, I don't know. You need to go to church. You need to, you need to hear the word of the Lord. You need to pray. Oh, I got to do this. I got to fix this. I gotta, no, you don't. You just got to get into the presence of God. And be a Mary. What are you, a Mary or a Martha? 
Are you sitting at his feet in peace? Or are you like Martha? You're just distracted. You can't focus on God because you're overladen with worry. Every head is bowed, every eye is closed.